0: Of God's word, so I want you to turn in your Bible. I hope you brought it with you, your King James Bible. Turn it to Second Peter, chapter number two. Second Peter, chapter number two. Second Peter, chapter number two. And as our custom here, we'll stand for respect of God's word. I will read out loud. You follow along with me silently. Second Peter, chapter number two. Drop down to verse number fourteen. Second Peter, chapter number two, and verse number fourteen, and verse through verse number sixteen. Second Peter, way up by Revelation, 2 Peter, starting at verse number 14. I'll read out loud. You follow with me. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, there's no period here, which have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Now, keep that in mind as much as you can. Go to Jude, right before Revelation. Go to Jude, verse number 10 and 11. You say, what chapter? There is no chapter. Verse number 10 and 11. Verse number 10 and 11. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute Beasts in those things which uh, I'm sorry those things they corrupt in those things they corrupt themselves. Verse eleven. Woe unto them. Exclamation point. It's not a whole lot of those in the Bible. For they have gone the way of Cain, ran greedily after the error of Balaam, for reward, for reward, and perish in the gainsaying of Korah. Now they named three people right there. They named Cain, Balaam, now here you see uh, C-O-R, that's a long E, Cori, but it's really a reference, that would be the Greek pronunciation in the Old Testament, it's Korah, and we'll learn more about him. Now go to Revelation chapter number two, please. Revelation chapter number two and verse number 14. Here, of course, the uh, John the Beloved is talking to the church at Pergamos, and he says, Part of it says this, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit fornication. We'll talk about this tonight. Father, thank you for the Bible. ask you to please bless the dear folks tonight. Bring us closer to you. Help us not to stray. Help us not to follow error. And help us, Lord, to continue to walk with you. Thank you for this church service. Watch over those that are sick, those that are on vacation, those that are traveling, those that are not doing well. I hope that they're watching live stream, and I hope it's a blessing to them. Thank you for this church service and the folks that are here tonight. May it honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: us that he would be a counselor, a mighty God and a prince of peace. He promised us that he would be a father and would love us with the love Sees well i tried him and found his promises are true he's everything he said that he would be oh the finest words i know cannot begin to tell just how much Jesus really means to me, for he's more wonderful than my mind can conceive. what Jesus is to me. I stand amazed to think the King of glory would come to live within the heart of man. to know he really loves. dreams he's everything that my soul ever longed for everything he's promised and so So wonderful. That's what Jesus is to me.
0: Wonderful. Come on in. Thank you very much your Bibles to the book of Jude, please. The book of Jude. I got to hurry. I've only got an hour and a half and we got to go. You got me on up there? You're a good man. In 2 Peter chapter 2, Jude verse 10 and 11, and also Revelation chapter 2, verse number 14, talks about several people here, three in particular. One of them is Cain, and it says the way of Cain. Now, the Bible talks about this, and what he means by that was Cain went about to establish his own righteousness. And in doing that, the Bible talks about that, that we just read there. I'm not going to go back and read it again. But it talks about how he went about to establish his own righteousness instead of coming to God the way he required and what he wanted done. And he got so upset about things, of course, we know all about this, he murdered his brother. He got so upset because his brother wasn't showing him up. His brother was just doing what's right. And somewhere along the line, can I ask you a question? Who taught him how to murder somebody? We're shocked sometimes by what we do as human beings. Who taught Cain to murder? There's nobody else in the world but Adam and Eve and his brother who he killed. Who taught him how to do that? See, we're amazed sometimes. How in the world could they do that? Because our nature is sinful. And that's what did that. So we find out here all because he would not accept God's way and God's plan through blood. That was it. So we find out here that was the way of Cain. And there's a lot of people today that do the same thing. They're trying to walk the way of Cain. I'll get to heaven on my own. My works ought to be good enough. I haven't hurt anybody. I don't do this. I do that. And they're trying to work their way to heaven. That's called the way of Cain. Then we come to find out, it talks about, the gainsaying of Kori, not the Corey that comes here. Uh, don't tell her I said that. Uh, of Corey, And what he's talking about here is simply that Korah in the Old Testament with Moses, he opposed leadership. Now gainsaying means this, to contradict, to oppose in words, to deny and uh, nor declare anything that is true that another says. In other words, you just oppose him. And that's what he did. We know the story of Korah going against Moses. What he did was simply try to disrupt everything. He misled everybody in what Moses said and tried to go about establishing what he wanted. And we all know the reason why. Because Moses said, I know what you're after. You're after the priesthood. See, at first it may not have dawned on Moses what was going on. Why would a person do this? And then he finally said, when Korah said to Moses, this whole congregation is righteous. There's not a preacher in the world will fall for that. And Moses just kind of looked at him and said, I know what you're after. You're after the priesthood. You're after the leadership of God's people. That's what you're after. So we find out here, by the way, a lot of people followed him and thousands of people died all over with the thousands of people died. Now in between Cain who was a murderer and Korah who was a rebellious individual and it mentions in Jude verse number 11, you should be there, watch what it says here. Verse number 11, woe unto them, exclamation point. For they have gone the way of Cain, and we talked about him, ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, keep all this in mind if you can, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. So we have Cain, and we have Korah, and in between there we have this guy by the name of Balaam. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 14 that we read, God is speaking to the church at Pergamos, and he tells them this. He tells them, he says, he didn't approve of them, and he had something against them because they were following the doctrine of Balaam. There's his name again. Following the doctrine of Balaam. And so here we find out that, the, uh, that uh, Balaam for the reward. So we're fo- starting to get a picture here about this man right here. And it says that they're following or holding to the doctrine of Balaam. Turn to 2 Peter. It's just a few pages over. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 14. 2 Peter chapter 2, and verse number 14. In here it says, gone astray, following the way of Balaam. They went astray. Whatever this guy was doing, These people were going astray following the way of Balaam. Now, do you agree with me that whatever this is talking about, this guy must have done something. Whatever all this is talking about must have been awfully bad because we're starting to look at what's going on here. But the truth is listen to me very carefully this is a great guy. This was a great guy. Listen to me very carefully what I'm talking about. He was a good man, he was a good prophet. We'll call him a preacher. He was a good, good prophet. Balaam never trimmed his message. Whatever God told him is what he said. Amen. Go ahead. We're going to find this out here in just a little bit. And through and though, though he was in a foreign land under a heathen king, trying to get him to do something he should not do, he did not trim his message. He told people exactly what God told him to say. This is a good guy. I'd like to hear a guy like this. I like to hear a guy who can stand on his own two feet and say, Thus saith the word of God, and I'm not going to change things no matter what you think. Well, this is what he did. Balaam delivered the message exactly the way he was supposed to. When you finally hear says I think that's why I like Tony Hudson and the guys that I have here. Because when they come here, they say, What what would you like me? Is there a subject you'd like to me to preach on? I said, Man, just have at it. Preach what you think God Amen. wants you to preach. I've never been offended. I've had to get right a lot of times but I've never been offended. He made this statement in Numbers chapter 22 and verse number 18. It's again talking about Balak and Balaam. Balak was the king. Balaam was the prophet. Here's what he said in Numbers 22, 18. If Balak, the king, would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord to do more or less. He wouldn't trim his message. He said, I don't care if you gave me a whole room full of gold and silver. I am going to tell you what God told me to tell you. I can't do any more. I cannot do any less. Tonight, rather than expose people like Korah and and, uh, Demas in the Bible and, and other people who ran from God and destroyed many churches and stuff like that, Judas and those kinds of things, I want to talk to you about a sermon on Balaam. On Balaam. Why? Balaam was a decent man. You read about his life in the book of Numbers through, I think, Numbers 18 through 20-something. You'll read about his life in detail. But then the New Testament talks about him in three places. And we find out a little bit about him in the New Testament here. We find out this. He was a decent man, actually a man easily to be admired. If I were a man and I looked at somebody like this, I said, I wouldn't mind being a guy like this. Really, when you look at what God has to say about him. Yet he committed a sin so bad that Peter... Jude and John the Beloved wrote things concerning him that were not that good. So I want to know what this is, what's going on here. It must, you say, preacher, what are you after? I want to reveal to you something tonight concerning the future of our church. So I want you to listen very, very carefully here. Like preachers of today, we have a real tough time talking about someone who gives a clear presentation of the gospel. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? That's the gospel. According to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verses 1 through 4, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. This is not the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul said the gospel, which I preach unto you, and he says it's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. After a person saved, this book tells you about God, tells you how to live, what He approves of, what He doesn't like, what you should do, where we're going, heaven, hell. That's all for God's people after we get saved. So we're talking about the gospel here. So we don't like talking about, preachers don't, and they didn't back here either, talking about preachers who have a clear presentation of the gospel. We just soon leave. No, what else? they're doing we're not sure of but if they give a clear presentation of the gospel we don't say too much about it it's hard to say something against someone who believes the word of god now i know right now you have no idea where i'm going with all this i got that part but please understand i'm going to preach what god told me i'm not going to add more to it i'm not going to take anything from it i'm going to tell you what he had to say in other words he's saying i'm going to preach to you the word of god it doesn't make any difference who likes it who doesn't like it I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm not going to take anything from it. I'm going to tell you exactly what God said. Our church, I, I, I don't want our church to waver one little bit if something happens to me. now this I don't have a premonition. Don't, what, what's going on here? Uh, nothing, nothing. I'm in good health. Check that out. Uh, I'm in good health. Everything's fine. Don't worry about all that. I want you to be grounded in the Bible, not just, I believe, the preacher. Now I do I appreciate that, but I would rather you say because the Bible. That's what I want you to say. I want you to be grounded in your Bible. And so I want you in years to come to be able to know why you believe what you believe, why you stand the way you do, so we don't have to change the Bible all the time in your case. Don't do that. Don't a lot of people are. Now listen carefully. Balaam did not, did nothing that we would call, that we would call sinful and absolutely, that we would call absolutely sinful. There's no record of Balaam ever selling out Jesus. There's no record that we can find of Balaam selling his brother for silver. We know other people in the Bible did that. We There's no record of him, the sin of David in his life. We don't read that about Balaam. He didn't take some man's wife. He didn't do that. He didn't commit murder in order to be done. He didn't do that. And we find no record of Balaam speaking false doctrine or false teaching. We don't find that. We don't find that. Now, this may be new to somebody, so you're going to have to listen on purpose. Let me tell you what kind of a man that he was. He was the kind of man that if you were looking for a pastor, you'd want this guy. Because he said, I'm not trimming God's word for nothing. I'm sorry, folks, you're going to vote me in. This is what you're getting. That's just what he would say. You would find out here that he's the kind of guy that most people would want as a pastor. Balaam's ministry was almost always done in a foreign country. We come to find out that it was under the pressure of a king trying to make him change all the time, yet he did not do that. And a king tried to get him to change his message, and he just wouldn't go along with that. This is a good man. This is a man who stood for what was right. Yet we find out in the New Testament, three people said there was something not quite right with this guy. It's nothing that you and I would necessarily say it's sinful. Sounds to me like he's a preacher of the gospel. Sounds to me like like he's on God's side. Sounds to me like he's not going to trim his message. King Balak came to him. And I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Numbers. That's not, just seeing if you were there. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. You there? Some statements that Balaam made just to kind of show you where he was at. In Numbers 22, verse number 38, 22 and verse number 38, here's what he says in, in, in there The word that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. So this guy was pretty determined that if he knew for sure what God wanted him to say, he's going to say it no matter who liked it. But in all three of our texts, we read it mentioned the error of Balaam, the error of Balaam. Now to us in this day and time, the word error doesn't seem to quite have the emphasis that it used to have. So it doesn't sound that bad. But yet we come to find out in all three of these texts, they say something about him. King Balak said to him, I want you to trim your message. Now you're going to have to go back and read those chapters there. And I'll tell you more about that in just a little bit. So get this picture. We got a guy who's a man of God that's in a foreign country right now underneath the power of an absolute monarch trying to tell him what he needs to have done and why he wants him to do that. Okay, now I'll tell you more about this in a minute. It would be like you being taken somewhere, let's say Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, some Arab country somewhere, and they drop you off as a born-again Christian in an American-hating, Christian-hating country, and the main uh, imam says, uh, if you're going to stay here, you got to tell everybody you're not really a Christian. The Bible's not true. And you know what you say? I'm not going to do that. The Bible is true, and I'm a born-again Christian. This is what he's facing. He's got invited to a country and the king is telling him, this is what I need you to do. He says, I can't do that. Do you understand what absolute authority is? A king in those days could kill you nobody question. I ask you to do something for me and you turn me down. And he said, look, I can't say any more or less than what God told me to say to you. This is a great man. He's standing his ground right now. And so we have another quote by Balaam, and he says this, How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? It's not up to me to curse people. It's not up to me to bless people. It's whatever God wants. That's what, By the way, I keep saying that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Amen. Whatever God wants is what we should want. Whatever God doesn't want is what we should doesn't want. You follow me? Okay, now. I mean, really, what a man. He's quite a guy. When you get to looking at his life, you'll see that here. I'm not talking about someone who is supported by a crowd. There is no crowd supporting him. He's standing all by himself, kind of like Elijah did back in his day. He was in a foreign country in front of a king who wanted him basically to trim his message, and really what he said was, tough luck, not doing it. It, it, That's what it says in Hebrew. So so what happens here, he's going through all this, I'm not going to change my message. Amen. Now, I don't know what kind of preachers all of you are used to unless you come here, and I know what you're used to. You've got to admire somebody when the whole world is trying to get you to change. Yeah, right. yeah. And authorities are getting you to stop saying that, don't do that, and right. you say, I, I can't say but what God tells yeah. me to say. Yeah. And I'm not going to make stuff up so that you feel more comfortable. This is basically what he's doing. Balaam would pass the interview for a pulpit commission. You say, do you stand on the word of God? Yes, I do. So if people wanted to change your message, would you do that? Absolutely not. I mean, everything. He hid all the bases. You'd vote a guy in like this. You really would. And Balaam believed in the word of God. When God told him something, he just saluted, yes, sir, okie dokie. I'm off. I'll tell the king exactly what you told me. And he did. You read the account of, of, of this story and you'll find that out. Balaam preached the words of God. Balaam did not trim his message. Listen to this. He said, I have received a commandment to bless and I cannot reverse it. I received a commandment to bless and I can't reverse that. You said, but circumstances, he said, I can't change it. But I need you to, I cannot change that. So we come to find out here, all this is going on. This, I'm looking at this guy, I've known preachers, I've been saved over 50 years, 50, over? Yeah, over? Yeah, in April, over 51 years, 51 years. And I've known preachers that took a great stand and they changed later. All of a sudden, because society has changed, they decide to change to make things more palatable, make them more likable, make people want to come to where they're at. You know what this man said? I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. All that the Lord speaketh, I must do. I don't know about you. I'd travel to go hear a guy like this. Matter of fact, we're going to here in a couple weeks. Calling Tony Hudson. but, or you can just wait another week. We'll have him right here. And that way you don't have to go anywhere. It takes guts. It takes backbone. And I like a fella who will take a stand. I wouldn't give you a dime for a guy going, do you still believe that? Oh, oh you don't? Oh, okay, but you're doing this now? I, I don't have time for a guy like that. I really don't. Our world, I preached on change not long ago. You remember that? Everybody's changing. Everything is changing from kids to food to grocery stores to preachers to churches to names to whatever. Everybody's going, whatever. Every once in a while you run into someone or something that just refuses to change. And as much as sometimes we don't like that, it's kind of refreshing to say. uh, I've had people walk back in here. A little girl walked in here one time. She was little when she came here. She was now, I think, in her early 20s. And she walked back in and she goes, hi, Pastor Bell. You know how they do. Do you remember me? No. No yeah, I was here when I was like four. Now I'm 20-something. I'm supposed to remember that. I said, no, I don't. And so when they finally say, I used to come here, I rode the bus, I came back here, blah, blah, blah. And I say, wonderful. Uh, I said, good to have you back. You know what she said? She said, watch this. I knew you wouldn't change. You'd still be yelling and screaming about the Bible. (laughs) You know what she said? You know what I said? Well, good. She goes, yes. People want consistency. Consistency makes people feel safe we all like feeling safe consistency as simple as that may sound it's just look even teenagers go don't be too mean on teenagers what teenagers cannot put up with is moving all the time what does mom and dad want now what's the preacher want us now what's the youth leader want us now what's the teacher want us now just be consistent they can put up with things being hard as long as they know that it's fair and those would be the rules what they can't understand is every time you turn around, you're changing things on them. And our society is in a constant flux of change all the time, which is confusing. But not this guy, not this guy, not Balaam. Balaam was not going to change. So the question arises, what went wrong with Balaam? That's what we want to know, in it? What went wrong with this guy? God never said that Balaam was a false prophet. Nowhere, nowhere in the Bible. Does not say that anywhere. God does not say that Balaam preached error. He preached the word of God. And even told people, I'm going to preach what God gave me. What he commanded, I cannot change. That's what I'm going to do. So let me give you some background on the story, maybe to help you out a little bit. Okay? The children of Israel came out of bondage, and as they were heading across to the in the wilderness, the first people they ran into were the Amorites. King Sihon was there, and all they wanted, listen to me, Christian, all they wanted, they said, can we just pass through your land? We'll stay on the king's highway. We won't go to this side or that side. We won't bother anything you have. We don't want anything you have. We're just going to cross through so we can get to our place and we promise you we'll not bother a thing. Just let us, the children of God, go through your land and everything will be okay. He didn't like that. So when they were starting to go through, he attacked Israel. Israel killed them all. That's teaching one. And so they killed them all. Well, now we come to find out, we get to this place here and we come to find out now the Moabites heard that Israel was heading their direction. Please understand where you would be. You just heard them take on a great nation. Now, you may not have heard the, we won't touch anything, we'll just go through. But they did hear about everybody getting slaughtered. So now they're heading our direction. Come to find out when you read the story about uh, uh, um, Balaam, that when he called him up there and they said, look down on the children, said it covered the whole valley, covered everything as far as you could see, like grasshoppers, they were everywhere. I mean, there were millions of them and they were just, every, you imagine all these tents everywhere and all these people and they're coming towards you and you just heard, heard, you just heard that they destroyed an entire nation on their way to your place. Yeah. So the king gets with them and he calls this preacher by the name of Balaam, Balak, the king of the Moabites said, I need you to come here. I need you to come here and I want you to do something for it. because I know who you curse is cursed and who you bless is blessed. Even a heathen king could count on that. That's pretty good stuff right there. So, But the truth is God's people do not want to take stuff from other people. We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to destroy anybody's life. And they were saying the same thing. Look, we're not going to bother anything. We, we don't want your stuff. We don't need your stuff. God gives us what we want. God gives us what we need. We just want to be able to go through your property to get to our land that God gave us. Well, now he decides, no, no, no. They'll, they'll turn on us and they'll kill us just like they did those other people and we can't put up with that. So they call this preacher that every time he says something, it comes true. When he curses somebody, they get cursed. When he blesses somebody, they get blessed. So Balik thought for sure he was going to be destroyed. Balak heard about this man of God this great evangelist this preacher and said I'd really like you to come here I need to talk to you about something so the Bible says that he sends messengers to Balaam with rewards of divination now what that means is in Hebrew these were scrolls with magical curses and blessings incantations and they said, look, we will give you, We just need you to pick the right one. We just need you to do this. So they brought this to him with this big entourage with all kinds of money and all kinds of incantations and said, look, will you just come and talk to our king? There's these people coming. Now, here's where we begin to mess up. Balaam lets the people stay overnight. They have to understand, the Moabites, God's people, are not supposed to have anything to do with. They show up at the preacher's house, and the preacher says, well, you can spend the night here at my place. I'll go talk to God and see what he has to say. First of all, you didn't need to do that. But he does, and he goes to God, and God says, first thing he questions them, Here's the first thing that he says, he says this. He goes on down here, and I'm looking right now. Oh, what are these people doing with you? First thing he says. God didn't say, so tell me what's going on. He just sees the situation and says, what are these people doing here? What are these people doing with you, preacher? The second thing he is, that God said to him, don't go with them. What are they doing? Who are these people? And don't go with them. See, God already knew. So he's talking to his preacher, and this is what he says to them. Balaam tells them what God says. Stands on the word of God, says, I can't go with you, and I can't curse those people, so go. So they go back to their king, Balak. And when they're there, they tell him what's going on. He didn't like that answer. So he sends more important people with more stuff to go see Balaam, the preacher, trying to get him to change his mind. Now, come on. Okay, look, I can promote you. I mean, I have power. I can give you riches. I can promote you. I can make you a wealthy guy. I can make you an important individual. If please, just come and talk to me and help me with these people. Now, that's not in the Bible. I'm paraphrasing. And so what he thought, wow, I didn't know talk like that. It doesn't. So Balak sends somebody to persuade him, persuade the preacher to change his mind. Are you following me? So what happens here is, is again, Balak says, spend the night here. Again, God says, what are these people doing here? No, don't go with them. So they leave. Next morning they leave, they go back, they tell. Three times, three times this happened. And the third time, Balaam decides to go, and God says, okay, go. You want to know something? You keep praying about something you know is not Bible. If you're not careful, you're liable to get what you're praying about. It's not that God answered it. You're going to make it happen. And you're going to find out it doesn't work real good. So what happens here is, I mean, really, how stupid can a person be? Not you, this guy. He knows God. He's preaching God's word. And out of nowhere, three times, three times, listens. God asks, what are these people doing here? No, and don't go with them. Second time, who are these people here? And no, don't go with them. And you'll notice also as you're reading the story that all three times he says, Balak, if you were to fill your entire house full of silver and gold, I cannot go with I cannot change my mind. God will not let me. End of the story. Sounds like he's really taking a stand, doesn't it? Really taking a stand. Once the king takes Balaam, he finally goes and God says, okay, go go. Now understand, it's more like God going, okay, I, I get you're going to go anyway, so go. I'll use you while you're there. So he takes off. He goes over there. Now King Balak meets him and one of the first things he says was, I sent you two or three times, why didn't you come? See, the world wants to know why you won't do what they're asking you to do. Why won't you give in? You know, we, we told you you can't do this at work three times. We told you that. We told you you can't do that out on the street. We have told you that. By the way, there's that number three again, you know, that I'm all hung up on about stuff. So three times he tells Balaam or asks him to curse the people. Balaam says, I have to speak to God. And God tells him the same thing. The same thing. By the way, when he sent him, he didn't tell him, okay, go ahead and curse him or bless him. He already told him, you're going to bless these people and you're not going to curse them. But he went with Balak anyway. Balaam sticks to the word of God. So Balak. Balak takes him to another place. Now watch his story. When you read this, so don't have time to read. It's like four or five chapters. I don't want to do that. So here he brings him up to this place, looks down in the valley, and he said, those are the people I want you to curse. He said, these are people that came out of Egypt. Everybody knew who these people were. They all knew who they were. These are God's people. If you believe in God, these are God's people. And you can see all these people down in this valley covering this valley floor. And Balaam says, I can't. So he says, okay, 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 okay. Let me let me give you another view of this. Are you listening to me? Let me give you another angle. So he takes him on down to another place and says, now see, you can see things better here. You see more of it here. You see that? And he tries to get him to curse God's people. He does this three times. Trying to get him, watch me carefully, Christian, from a different view, from a different angle, maybe you'll change your mind. If I showed you from a different perspective, even though God said this, look at me, maybe you'll change your mind if you look at it the way I'm looking at it, the king. Are you following me? So what happens here is simply this. Here's what goes on here. If, maybe if we looked at queers a little differently. You know, Baptists used to shout and amen. By the way, that's what they call themselves too. Don't get offended at me. It's part of the LBGT and all the rest of the alphabet. I say things like that, just see where God's people are anymore. We come to find out maybe if we simply would get, look at it in a little different light. Maybe if we would just come over here and look at at a different a different perspective about how they live and what they do. Maybe we would understand a little more about them. Is't that what we've been told? And a lot of people have fallen for that. Maybe if we view from their level of living in adultery, maybe it's really not as bad as it used to be. Maybe if you just kind of look at like, well, financially we have no choice. Oh okay, well, that makes it better, right? If you're a preacher, come on now, if you look at it this way, folks, look at me. I cannot change God's word. I cannot change God's word. I cannot do that. Listen to me very carefully. Maybe the rock and roll, the rap, the hillbilly, call it country and western if you choose to, which is becoming more rock and roll, could be more acceptable. By the way, by the way, we could actually maybe even use it for God. Maybe we could use it in our church. Now, preacher, I know you're kind of old-fashioned, but if you look at it right, we could actually get more people in God's house if you would just look at this thing differently. Anybody here? You're getting a little squirmish, I can tell. Okay? Ladies, your legs rocking a little faster, right? Right? You guys are squirming back and forth, don't know what to do. Maybe holding hands with the charismatics. The work salvation crowd, which God is absolutely against. The baptismal regeneration crowd has nothing to do with salvation, but a lot of people go there. Even many Baptists no longer talk about that anymore. All of the non-biblical denominational or non-denominational churches, uh, can't we just overlook at this for the cause of Christ? Can I help you? No. Now you say, well, I don't care much for this church. Doesn't mean a thing to me. I'd like for you to stay. I think I could help you. A lot of people come. A lot of people go. If you understand, he was not after the crowd. He was after, for a while, he was after God's approval. And that's where preachers have changed their mind. That's where moms and dads have changed their mind. You got saved and all you cared about was whatever God wants. That's what I want. You didn't even know what that was, but that was okay with you. And then all of a sudden things begin to, we begin to look at things a little differently, you see. So what happens here is this. Maybe if we took a look at things the way the world would have us to. Come on, it's just baggy pants on guys. What's the big deal? What's the big deal about their sister's earrings in the boy's ears? Many skirts on the girl. Why are you staring at the floor? We're not leaving anywhere. Time for prayer? Tattoos. Tattoo you have them too? Okay. <laughs> I told you the other day I was I was uh, where was I at? I was someplace. Uh oh I was over at veterans over there. And I saw this uh, older woman. She had been real old, probably in her fifties or something. And um, no, she's a lot older than that. And uh, she's sitting there with bright red fiery hair. Now, I'm going to assume that wasn't natural. She had a tattoo of some kind down on her, it was probably on her calf at one time, but as she got older, it slipped down to her ankle. (laughs) She was still trying to be 20. But you see we're looking at things a little different. How about body piercings? How about booming music in the car? Oh, okay. How about women wearing clothes that belong to men and men wearing clothes that belong to women? Now, sit, hold up. Now you're condemning yourself because you're sitting right there thinking about trans people. Trans. What a nice name for filth and sin and abomination. You do understand what God was after was there ought to be an obvious difference, not just a physical difference, between men and women. And my dear lady, if you're wearing pants and I'm not supposed to wear what you wear, what am I supposed to wear, a dress? Dresses were made. Now we're changing everything. Men are becoming effeminate and wearing girly stuff. Women are becoming masculine and wearing men's stuff. And if you don't believe it, they'll punch your lights out. That's why some of you men want amen right now. So what happened here is, Balaam, will you curse this people? He said, no, I will not do it. So with all that going on and taking that kind of stand, why did Peter say Balaam's way should not be followed? Sounds to me like I should follow a guy like this. What did Jude mean when he said the error of Balaam? Something's up here. Because everything I read so far about this, even when he showed him other perspectives, he said, no, can't change Not going to change. It's not up to me to change. God said, no, I can't do this. God said, I want you to bless them. I mean, I didn't call you over here to bless them. I called you over here to curse them. He said, can't do that. Why? Because God said, no. Uh Ladies and gentlemen, it's not up to you and me what God wants. He gave us a book. Why did John say God's against the church of Pergamos? And he was. He said, I had some things against you. Because you follow the doctrine of Balaam. Get the picture. Balaam never trimmed his message. Never. He never trimmed his message. He didn't change the words of God. Balaam never sided with the people against God. Nobody. He didn't do that. So what did he do that was so wrong? Yeah, Go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter number 2. chapter 2. I think it's getting warm, yes? yes. Revelation chapter you're welcome. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 14. Now, he's talking to a real church at this time. He's writing this to a real church in that area, and also uh, to us to warn us about things. Here's what he said. All scripture is given by God. is good for inspiration, for reproof, uh, exhortation, and for doctrine. All, all scripture, all scripture, all scripture, all scripture. So when I read this, yeah, but that's for a church that was in uh, in, in Asia somewhere. W- yeah, but the principles and the truths in them can apply to us. Amen. Watch what he says. So he's talking to this church, this local church, and he says, but I have a few things against thee. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is God by the Holy Spirit to John the Beloved to local churches about things God, things that have been, are, and will be. Okay, here's what he says. I have a few things uh, uh, against thee, because now he's going to tell them why. It's not guesswork. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who what right here? Who taught Balak? Now we know who that is. That's the king of the Moabites. Taught Balak to cast. Oh, that's what he did. To cast a stumbling. He taught the king how to cast a stumbling block before God's people. He didn't trim his message. He said exactly what God's word said. But he cast a stumbling block in front of God's people. And God said, I got something against you for doing that. Watch what he says. Casting a stumbling block before God's children to eating things offered sacrifice to idols and to commit fornication. Now we know something that we don't read in the Old Testament must have happened. He taught Balak how to get God's people to weaken them how to get them to compromise, how to get them to give in, that he could control them. And here's what he did. Meats offered to idols, and then also, what else he said? Commit fornication. Under fornication, homosexuality is under the the, the title of fornication too. Any type of sexual act outside the, uh, the, 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 the pact of marriage is fornication. So what do we have here? We come to find out, and go to Jude. Jude, okay, right before Revelation, look at verse number 11 once again. I want you to get a picture of what did this guy do that these men talked about him like that. Because everything in the Old Testament seems like, man, this guy's right on. Watch what he says in verse number 11. Woe unto them, exclamation point, for they have gone the way of Cain. Something's not right here. Well, we know what that is. Self-righteousness trying to get his way close to God without the blood. And it's not going to work. Number two. Uh, Look at the last part. And perish in the gainsaying of Korah. Now we know what that is. You go back and read the Old Testament. He opposed openly Moses and tried to take control of the people. And that's why Moses said, I know what you're after. You're after the priesthood. And then he said this too. Let's be very careful. He said, is it a small thing to you that God has called you to himself? You see... Korah and his people were those who helped to set up the tabernacle and to sing and to take care of a lot of... And he said, after God did that with you, you want the the priesthood? That's what you're after. And so we come to find this was not a good guy at all. But this guy in the middle here ran greedily hmm, after the error of Balaam. He did not curse them. He said, just get to know them now think about churches and preachers and your, your all the people you love on the radio and TV he did not balaam did not change God's word he just not just did not curse what was wrong you won't find out where he cursed balak or the moabites or told him you ain't right he just kind of left that part alone Never said a word. He did not preach drinking is against God's word. He just said, I personally don't do that, but that's up to you. Sound like a lot of Baptist churches today? Or maybe I'm talking to you. I do not drink, not personally, because it's against the Bible. Now, if you're looking to where it says you can't drink a light beer from Miller, first of all, because they're going woke, you will drop that thing right now. <laughs> Just drop the whole thing. Yeah. Folks, we are, we are Bible-believing Baptist people. We have no business trying to fit in the world so they will like us. That's like asking a snake that's deadly poison, if I let you in the bedroom, will you be nice to me? That's just foolish. Why would we do such a thing? He did not preach drinking is against God's word. He just said personally, I have decided I'm not going to do it, but that's up to you. He did not change God's word. He just avoided verses that attack the issues of the day. When's the last time you heard some Bible that I preach here that other preachers don't teach? You know why? They're not going to preach that. You'll quit supporting them. You won't go there anymore. Why? Because I do it and he said no. Folks, every once in a while, you need a preacher that will just clean house and just take that whited sepulchre and say, open that thing up and say, okay, what's in here? Now, if you're not saved, it's full of dead men's bones. But cleaning up and painting the outside did not make you prettier. You just thought it did. You see, he still preached. But what we call, first of all, this is a foreign concept to me, hard preaching. Folks, look, if I step on your toes... Say ouch! Run to the altar, get right, and quit wearing steel-toe shoes. I meant to step on them. I was hoping you'd go. Ow! Okay, I know who you are. Come elder, Come on. That's what I'm at. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you here. So you have to understand here. He still preached, but 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 thought hard, loud preaching like used to bring revivals and stuff. Do you know there was, I think it was Whitfield, on the open sea on a ship when he preached, a ship next to him on the ocean could hear him plainly. You think he's doing this? Now we all need to love the Lord. Hey, you're in that ship. You got it. Get saved. Turn from your rotten sand. By the way, that was a Methodist preacher. That wasn't just a fundamental Baptist. That was a Methodist preacher here. You have to find out. Let's not throw a fit against sin anymore. That's what a lot of preachers are doing. They're not. Let's delve into the word of God. Oh, I love his attitude. He's been preaching on the word the for six months. And you're so anxious to find out what it means in the Greek, Hebrew, Latin Oh, I like, you notice how he speaks Greek? You don't know what he's talking about. You're hoping he's telling you, right? I'm speaking to you in English. You keep going like this. I don't know if I agree with that. Then what does it mean? Figure it out for yourself. You ought to be thankful, and don't take this wrong, that you have a preacher that will tell you what your kids are doing wrong. That's not easy to do. I love you people. And to know that I run the risk of you getting a burr under your saddle every time I come at you with something that I think you need to hear. See, I would rather address a problem from the stand first before we have a face-to-face. If you respond properly, no harm, no foul. Don't have to worry about it. But when you sit there or stand there during 500 years of invitation, and you haven't come to the altar one time, only thing you're saying is, preacher, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm not right with God. But I'm not going to react. Well, if you're waiting for me to change my message, I cannot do that. I'm not going to do that. It's not easy to do that. I would much rather make it easier on me. To, I, I, I've tried. There was a period of time, a very short period of time, drove me nuts trying to be a kinder, gentler fundamentalist. I really tried, tried it real hard. I really did. Hello, how are you? Oh yeah, this is great. Oh yeah, let's talk about that, brother. I used to tell me all the time, "When are you gonna preach that message on the love of God?" Haven't got to there yet, brother. <laughs> I'm still alive, still working on it. Older preachers, you ever notice their pictures? Go look at them. They didn't smile. It's not that they weren't friendly. They hated sin and every, and you're not going to do that around me. And by the way, that's brought revivals. Yeah. That thing yeah. about let me show you a mirror, now just yeah. face it and oh. let's get right. That, that worked. Now, okay, what's working today? Just because you have a building full of people doesn't mean they're right with God. Yeah. Rock and roll people do that all the time. At least that's what Mike told me. Now, so here's what you find out here. I would rather do that. I'd like to get along with parents whose kids are raising the ruckus. I really would. I'd like to know that I've got people in my congregation that are living together. Look, I know who's divorced and who's not. I already got that part, okay? I tell you before, my mom and dad were. We had three kids in one year, got divorced. I'm talking about my kids, not kids in here. I understand that. I can't change God's message because of circumstances that happened in your family or my family. I can't change this because I change, God should change. But this is what we're doing in this world now. And we want preachers that will no longer cause us irritation, ruffle our feathers. Preacher, you're rubbing the cat the wrong way. Turn the cat around. Come on. Come on. Yeah. The barriers and the standards will keep the orchard growing fruit. Did you hear me? The standards and the barriers will keep the orchard bearing fruit. It'll be okay. You have to have them. So what we are doing tonight, I'm hoping, will go on to the next generation and the next generation. When I was down south, my family and I, you saw these huge, beautiful church buildings. A building doesn't make a church. But people drive by and go, that looks like a nice church. How you know you've never been in here? have him talk to me. How do you know it's a nice church? We're a cult. Ask a lot of people, they will say, that's a cult over there. They lock the doors, you can't get out. Folks, listen to me, there's a push bar. All you gotta do is push the bar. You walk right out here anytime you want to. Yeah, that's what the, the law won't allow us to do any of that. You can get out here anytime you want to. Now we can lock people out. But we can't lock them in. And it's amazing how many people think you go to Bell's church, it's not my church you go to bell they lock you in there it's amazing what people think what we're having is the so-called great crusades in america are ran by corporate boards On those boards, you'll have Catholics and Lutherans and Episcopalians and Charismatics, and now you'll have Baptists there. I just want to ask you, how can all of them, and there's a boatload of differences, how can they all agree to write a new Bible? So they leave out about hell because the Seventh-day Adventists don't like that part. Well, actually, most false religions don't. They're going to leave out separation, and some of them even leave out fasting like the NIV. A lot of them attack the deity of Christ. You know why? Because some of the people on the board, they didn't like that part. Like Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't believe Jesus is God. They believe he was a God. You you know, I, I try to study when I can. Now, so what happens here is some people come to the altar for salvation in those meetings. I've heard Billy Graham do it. I've heard great preachers down through time do it. Don't get upset because Billy Graham's your hero. Listen to me carefully. He's in heaven. He knows better now. And he would say this all those people come to the altar and he'd say, Now here's what I suggest you do. Go back to your church. Some of them come from Catholic church. They come from fake churches, come from works of it. And he would instruct them, go back to your church and ask them for guidance from there. What are you doing? Because we want to get along with everybody. Balaam said, I can't do that. Even if I'd like to, I can't change the word of God. I can't curse who God doesn't say curse, and I can't bless who God doesn't say bless. And yet, Balak takes him and says, okay, okay, maybe you're not looking at this right. Let me take you on over on this cliff, and you can see it in a better light. Maybe you can see it in a better perspective, and maybe then you'll curse. Folks, I don't care where you take me. I can't. This is why I don't understand. You go on vacation and strip down to nothing there on the beach. I don't understand that. No. No. Would you do that here? You do it here, you'd feel naked. There because everybody else is doing it. You go, oh, that's what people do. Look, I grew up at the swimming pool. I understand all this stuff. And when I got saved, I could not go there. How can you do that? How can you allow your wife to strip down to her underwear? I'm sorry, her bathing suit. In front of men. Because it's the swimming pool. to see Mrs. Bell and I on the beach? No, 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 no. Why? I have a pair of jeans on? Okay, I don't have socks on and shoes. Sorry, I went all out that day. <laughs> I don't wear a suit. <laughs> it shocks you. Uh, we don't do that. We're Baptist, independent, fundamental Baptist people. We're not Southern Baptists. We're not Northern Baptist. We're not Missouri Baptist. We're not Baptist Baptist. I don't even know what that is. It's time for us to quit listening to these Balaams of today. You like them because they soothe your conscience and make you feel like you're doing okay. Look, if I'm not doing okay, my wife just went through cancer surgery and somebody had to tell her, man, you got a mass in your colon. It's got to come out and it's cancer. Or they could have said this, indigestion. Drink some Maalox and just let it go and you're going to be okay. Don't worry about it because I don't want to offend you. Well, when I found that out, I'd go down and punch a stinking lights That's what I would do. Sometimes you just got to hear the truth and it may hurt. We're Baptist people. We need to get back to doing what is right and quit trying to find a way to fit into the world and still be acceptable in the sight of God. It'll never work. We're trying hard to make it work, but it's not going to work. We believe the Bible. Balaam erred and caused God's children to err because he broke down the barriers between the unbelievers and the believers. Still preaching God's word, he just didn't do this. He didn't lie, he just didn't do what he should have done. He should have told Balaam, I can't come you." God already told me that, but he did. He didn't preach anything false. He just didn't do all he should have done. And I blame preachers for the situation in America. I don't blame anybody else but preachers. Preachers used to be the conscience of America. Even our politicians used to say that, that the preachers of America are the conscience of America. Now we're not. We want to be liked. We want to be loved by everybody. I I wish that were true. But in God's dear name, if they couldn't love Jesus and mind him, I'm not even close to that. He broke down the walls. If I die, get, I know you hate hearing this. You have to hear. get called away, whatever, and you need a preacher, and you will. You don't consider—oh, let You don't consider a woman. There's no such thing as a woman preacher. Get over it. There's no way in the world I would sit in a congress and let a woman tell me how I'm supposed to be living. You say, that's just pride. No, it's Bible. I'm I just looking around and see who agrees and disagrees with me. I like doing that. It's your daughter right if this happens, listen to me carefully. I hope you remember this stuff. Don't go after what you like. Go after what you need think about the day and time we live in and the way churches are gone and think about what's needed and what your kids are going to need your kids do not need more liberty to do stuff why is it we want more liberty so we can do more of the worldly stuff well Jesus set me free then why isn't that taking you closer to the Lord I've never understood that ladies as soon as God sets you free first thing you want to do is put on a pair of pants and a pair of shorts that made you free Jesus saved you so you could do that Oh, so some of you guys could have a beer every once in a while. I didn't know that's what freedom was all about. I've never heard anybody going, I, I'm not going to Anchor Baptist Church because I have freedom and liberty in the Lord. And they start praying more and reading more and start soul winning more. I, I don't know anybody like that. He said, but preacher, the guy that we're considering, he preaches God's word. Hmm. But, he, but he personally personally separates from the world. There was a person who was years, this church, can't tell you who it was, years ago, decades ago, another planet far, far away, another solar system. And the wife came to me, who eventually was the cause of her husband leaving here, said, preacher, where we go, the preacher, here's what they always do, nice guy. They get this look on their face of pity. Great guy, loves the Lord. He personally has great separation values. Preaches the paint right off the wall, whatever that means. But he can't get anybody else to do it. That's the kind of person you want? I'm just asking you to think. I'm not going to be here forever. No, I'm not getting ready to leave anywhere. Mike always goes like, I told you he's leaving. I'm not leaving anywhere, Mike. Preacher, he quotes Lots of scripture. Okay, good. That's wonderful. But the barriers. The barriers. That which keeps you away from where you're supposed to be and keeps you safe from what's out there. You ever understand what the walls around the city in the Bible are all about? At night, they'd even shut the gates. Nobody comes in at night. And until the sun is risen high in the morning, they didn't open them up. It it, it had a lot of different reasons, but here's two of the main reasons. One was to keep everybody in and safe from that which was outside. The next one was to not let things in that should not be in there. Your standards is not what Christianity is all about. Ezra went back and built the temple first. Nehemiah came after and then built the walls. The walls, separation and safety. You ought to be building your relationship with God first. Quit telling everybody what a separated Christian you are, like that's the main event. It's not. The main event is your walk with God, your relationship with the Lord. But I'd like to see you keep that up without walls around you to keep you safe. The Bible even talks about battlements around your home. For 34 years, the way we preach and live and teach here, don't take this wrong, has kept this place the way that it is. And if you've ever noticed that when the old man of a preacher dies, almost always a younger guy comes in and has different ideas. Not all. Not all. As of right now, Larry Brown retired, and Joe Brown, his son, seems to be doing a great job. That's rare anymore. See, I've got my own ideas. I've seen some things too. I'm not against ideas as long as they line up with the Bible. If they don't, and you're trying to get more of the world to come your direction, you're making a big mistake. Jerry Falwell found that out. A lot of people do. Don't start looking at the world and life from a different vantage point. Preacher, come on. Things have changed. And actually, if you look at it this way, now we can't do that. A few years later, preacher, you know, I know a Baptist church and a Baptist church and a Baptist church and a Baptist church, and and they do. Preacher, have you looked at it this way? I just had cataract surgery. I'm getting a new Cadillac. No, do cataract. Cataract. And, uh,. lot of times I have to get real, I did, get real close and read like this. You know what that does? Kind of shuts all this out. We're too busy looking. Yeah. They? Yeah. Man, I saw that church and they really, man, they got the crowd. What yeah. did they compromise to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus made one statement one time, one statement, and his disciples left and walked with him no more. He looked at the 11 and he said, will you also go away? That sounds sad to me when I say that. Peter, bless his heart, always sticking his foot in his mouth, but not this time. If I were Peter, I'd wear peppermint shoes. You'll you'll catch this later maybe. Why? Because they were always in his mouth. Come on. (laughs) Oh, I get it. But on that day, he said, where will we go? We mean? There's no other place to go? Yeah, there's lots of places to go. But he added, thou hast the words of life. You choose a church to go to that does not. It's amazing to me. One thing goes wrong here, and you run off someplace and go like this. To a church, you go, like, well, okay, now their music's not everything it should be, and their standards aren't really what it ought to be, and you'll stay there the rest of your life. It's almost like the devil knew how to get you out of here yes, to put you in a compromising situation. You always make an excuse every time you're into me. It's like you don't know what to tell me. (laughs) I go to visit your church. It's like, uh, hi, preacher. um, It's your church. I'm not here to judge. But I've always wondered, how can you stay there? And you tell me all the time, I disagree with this, I disagree with that, and they don't really do this, and they don't really do that. One thing happened here, and you bail. What do you think is going to happen when the old man goes? I'm the only preacher this church has ever known. And like it or not, you kind of got used to me, or some of you have. (laughs) Okay, you have. Okay, two of you have. Majority rule. What you'll do, and you need to, you need to look for another guy. What are you looking for? Quote scripture. Man, oh man, you ought to hear him preach. Balaam did that. He even told him, I'm sorry folks, vote me in or not, I cannot change the word of God. That's not the part I'm always concerned about. I want to know beginning to not preach what you should be preaching also boy that guy can preach the gospel I heard him, very good at that but what about preaching about sodomy women's livers transvestites, drinking rebellion of teenagers, living together, why why don't he preach on stuff like that Well, because it upsets people. That's what it's supposed to do. Make you uncomfortable until you say, I got to get right with God. Good. Hey, man. You understand every time I preach this way, I run the risk of losing more people. I don't do this because it's fun. I do it because it's needed. Balaam, you messed up. And in the Old Testament, you wouldn't really even notice that. He sounds like the kind of guy you'd vote into a place like this. And it's not what he was doing. It was what he wasn't doing. That misled God's people, and they ended up marrying the Moabites, giving their daughters, taking their sons, and God told them, don't do that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you all the time, get in your Bible. Learn your Bible. You don't need to know everything that's wrong. If you know right, you'll spot wrong just like that. I don't need to know every false religion come and gone i got to do is know one or two things. Is it by the blood or by works? Well, you have to work. Okay, I'm done. Because it's not. I don't need to study everything that's wrong. All i got to do is know what's right. So I tell you, get in your Bible and find out what God says about whatever. And yet people sit in church and you chafe at me because you don't know your Bible very well. Folks, listen to me. It's a bad world. Did not Jesus tell you, I'm sitting into a world full of wolves your sheep among wolves that don't sound real good so you know what he said you need to hang together just kind of stay together I'll tell you what let's call it church and all of you meet there all the time makes it safe I'll give you a shepherd we'll call, okay I'm going to call him an under shepherd I'm not the great shepherd I'm just an under shepherd doing my best to do what God called me to do one of these days, Paul said when he got ready to die, he said, there shall come in people devouring the flock from within and from without. He said, why did he say after my leaving? Because Paul wouldn't put up with it. Yeah, right. They were afraid to tangle with Paul. From what I understand, Paul wasn't that big of a guy. So it wasn't the physical thing. It was the power of God in his life. Yeah. They said, we're nah, 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 not messing with him now. Right Come to find out when Jesus went away, he said almost the same thing. He said, look, this isn't going to be easy. You're sheep among wolves, and they're waiting to devour you. Well, we don't stand a chance. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But you're going to have to take a stand. Having done all to stand, you've done everything you know how? Then just stand. Stand. Quit changing. Quit looking at other people going, you know, they started something new over there. Okay, does it still line up with the Bible? We have air conditioning. That's kind of new. So I'm not against everything that's new. But air conditioning doesn't go against the Bible. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not have air conditioning. But it doesn't say thou shalt not drink light beer from Miller either. So I guess we can. Well, they didn't make beer back then. And by the way, whiskey is not wine. So just stop that right now. Jesus drank wine. Yeah, well, what you're drinking is not wine. Folks, listen to me. This is serious business. This thing of building a church and helping people live for God because He's coming back, and the Bible said that you'll not be ashamed at His appearing. Ashamed of what? That we knew what was right and decided not to do it. And now you see Him. Not good. Balaam, what did he do? Preached the Bible, stood against the king. Actually, he didn't stand against the king. He just told him what God said, I can't do. He never preached against Moab. He never said one word to him. Never said he was wrong. He just said, I can't do it. There are people like I'm sorry, I'd like to, but I can't. You just said, if you had the opportunity, you would. Balaam's of today. They're everywhere. I never thought I'd see the day that I'm seeing right now. Never, never thought I'd see that. Why in the world would women and men marched down the street saying we have a right to kill babies. Who who I never thought I'd see a day like that. The other day I was watching a program where a black preacher stood up in the middle of a crowd that had a queerish abomination standing in front of him, a man dressed in woman. I mean wig, makeup, the whole thing, and talking to people and and he got up, and started quoting scripture. Not yelling and screaming. Bible says this and that's an abomination and here's what God wants and you're not a woman you're a man and God created you that. that's all he was doing the women got up with their children that was listening to this abomination in front of them got around the preacher and said don't talk that way in front of our kids I'm, I'm quoting Bible why didn't you tell that thing but they didn't I'm just telling you what you're in for it can't just be the preacher that takes his stand You have got to take your stand. I don't mean go out and start beating people up and doing that kind of this guy just stood up and said, I have something I want to say. The Bible says, and they didn't want to hear it right off the bat. And the little effeminate men, you need to leave. And you just need to leave while their wife is gone. Tell him to get out. Tell him to get out. By the way, I come up with this phrase. You ready for this? The yelling and cursing is the language of the ignorant. That's all they were doing. Telling him don't quote scripture in front of the kids. Not with the kids. Not why the kids are here. Excuse me? Something's wrong. I wonder how many of them go to church on Sunday. Because we become liberal minded. We've accepted homosexuality because most of us have a good friend that, well, oh, they're nice people. Well, that did not make it right. Mormons are nice people and their doctrine is straight out of hell. Well, you're getting awful quiet on me, aren't you? Or we have somebody in the family. Well, we don't want them to think we're not Christian. I can't change God's word, not even for my family. There are not two Bibles, one for everybody else and one for your family. There's one Bible. Now, it's time we as Christians, it's called a battlefield, not a recreation room. It's a fight. It's not a game. We have turned church into a playground. That even lost sinners, no matter what they're doing, would feel comfortable here. You know, the Bible said the wicked should not be able to stand in the congregation of the righteous. So what's the problem? They don't need to change. We've changed. We're in for trouble. I'm just telling you right now, while you have what you have, pull it together. Solidify it. Stand on it. And don't compromise. You don't need to attack people. You don't have to do that. Just quit changing to what other Baptist churches are doing. You don't need to, there are people that, I'm just telling they'll be lined up to take this church. They'll be lined up. And everybody in here will have a recommendation. You know where I went to Baptist college. I know a fella, And then all the wise will come to all the staff and the people trying to pick the next preacher. go like this. Honey, I have an idea. Do you remember Gary? Yeah, and he's a, oh, he's a great guy. And, it, and here's what you're going to do. Thank you much for your help. Then you separate yourself and pray. God to please help you know what he wants not what you like okay let's pray Father thank you so much for the Bible